It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to today's Locked On Reds podcast. Today, we have a special crossover edition. I had a couple of crossovers this week. Happy to always do those. We have Ethan Smith from Locked On Pirates to preview this four-game series between the Buckos and the Red Legs. And we're going to be talking all about this series. Probably got a question or two about what's going on with things in the farm system, guys coming up. And the Reds are coming back to full strength. So this should be an interesting weekend for baseball at Great American Ballpark. Before we get into all of that, though, I wanted to let you know that you can check out our pal Sully on the Locked On MLB podcast. He takes a look around the league each and every day. And with his wealth of knowledge, whether it comes to baseball present or baseball past, he will impart it to you each and every day check it out the locked on mlb podcast wherever you get your podcast but for now let's talk some reds and pirates it's the locked on podcast network your team every day you are locked on reds Daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, you are. You're a Locked On Reds. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. I've got Ethan Smith coming up here in just a moment. Before we get into that, make sure that you're subscribed right here on the YouTube channel and that you're following the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159 for comments, questions, reactions, whatever you've got. Tomorrow, we're going to jump into a bunch of those. I got some that I need to catch up on. We're going to talk about the Reds. And you can join me today, Spotify Green Room, later this afternoon. All right, let's bring him in. He is Ethan Smith. He is the host of Locked On Pirates. And the Reds and Buckos are set to square off for four games this weekend. After only playing the Twins for two, it's like, all right, we go from a two-game series to a four-game series. But, you know, what? whatever. Before we get into all that, though, Ethan, how you doing, man? Doing all right. You can clearly see, based off of what I'm wearing, that I'm ready for football to be back. Um, but I will also say covering the Pirates now on a podcast, I guess, is like kind of an expert, per se. Usually this is around the time of year where I just get out of Pirates baseball. Um, but I'm very excited to see what happens over these last two months. There's a lot to watch, not really in terms of what people would know outside of Pittsburgh, but there's a lot to watch in terms of what you could be looking for as a Pirates fan. A lot. I have a fr- I have a friend from Pittsburgh who I was trying to talk crap to him the other day, and he's just like, mm-hmm. whatever, the Hall of Fame game's on. I, I don't care about baseball yeah. anymore. We're, we're on to football. But I do care about baseball, and I know that you do too. And we got four games coming up between the Reds and the Buckos. It's been an interesting year for both of our teams. The Reds are contending, like holding on by a thread mm-hmm. to contention, and there are some future aspects of the pirates falling into place and they kind of all right i I, firstly though i want to ask because they didn't trade him so have they doubled down are they just going to keep brian reynolds forever for what i would say right now it seems that it appears yes um i mean we have team control over the guy until i think 2026 in his age 30 season i've been calling for him to get an extension through 2030 as well as my uh good friend gary morgan who comes on the podcast every monday has also been advocating for the same thing because it's like the guy is absolutely killing it right now. He's like hitting 308. 
He has all this other stuff going for him. And the only guy I believe that is beating him average or like across the slash lines right now is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So that's some pretty damn good company to be in. And realistically, if the Pirates were not as bad as they were, you have to seriously consider Brian Reynolds as an MVP candidate at this point, especially with Jacob DeGrom out as how he's been. Um, I haven't really – I've been following the Reds because you're in my division, but I don't know if Nicholas Castellanos is still at that upper echelon that he's been at this year. Um, and then you really look across the NL. Tatis has been hurt. Acuna's hurt. A lot of the guys that you would think would be like in that MVP conversation have not had the greatest of years. Juan Soto as well. Brian Reynolds could be getting some MVP votes at the end of the year. I'm not saying he's going to win it, obviously, considering the team is in the state it's in, but – he has a serious case to like say, I deserve some MVP votes here. And trading that away just isn't a good idea. It's the age old discussion of what does MVP truly mean? Are we picking stats or are we picking the guy who is the most valuable to their team? Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, whatever good the pirates have done this season, he has been at the forefront of it. Yeah. And Adam Frazier was as well. And now that Frazier's not here, some people expected him to take a dip in production. He's taken it up in production. I mean, he's killing it over the last couple games. And realistically, more importantly, I'd say the award he has a way better chance of winning is the gold glove award. He's been phenomenal in center field. Nobody thought that his glove was going to translate to center field at all from left field. It has, and it's done miles. Uh, ben Gamble, even who I'm watching closely a lot now, could be a potential outfielder for next year's squad. And even Gregory Polanco, who I talked about yesterday, has been having a good run of things as of late. And you know how much I can't stand Gregory Polanco. And I actually <laughs> talked about him yesterday, potentially playing himself into a contract again. And he's already said he wants to stay in Pittsburgh forever. So when you're 100% on base dealing right now with him, where I believe he's 13 for 13 now, He gets on base four times in a game against the Brewers, saves a game against the Brewers, the only game we won in that series where he has a crazy home run snag catch that, like, shouldn't have been caught anyway, but he caught it anyways after he said Brewers fans were berating him the whole game about the Pirates being bad. That might just be your outfield again next year, and there's no issue really with it. But, I mean, what the thing with Reynolds is I don't see why we would ever trade him if we did. Obviously, I remember telling you this and telling everybody this, especially Dylan Short over at Locked on Braves. The, the asking price is what it is, and it's going to stay that way. It's going to be two top 100% prospects and another prospect of high caliber. Have fun paying that if you want to pay it. <laughs> I think he's going to join. He's going to be the NL version of Whit Merrifield. Like, I feel like Whit Merrifield is always on the trade block, according to reporters, and the Royals just never do because they don't want to trade him and i don't think the pirates will either because talking about like mvps like i think back to 2017 whenever joey Votto missed out by one vote Uh obviously the reds weren't good at all in 2017 but whatever good they did was mostly because of how good he was like he never got out that year and i think that that's why guys who like brian reynolds should be at least considered it i'll be interested to see how Castellanos comes back from his injury, the micro fracture in his wrist. He isn't going to need any rehab time. He's been taking BP for the last couple of days, and they say that he's going to be ready at some point this weekend. Some reports even have him maybe playing tonight. Well, we'll have to see what the lineup entails, but how he 
initially comes back from this absence of a couple of weeks is going to determine a lot of his MVP candidacy because we've been talking about him as up there. And and that was when Tatis was healthy and that was when Acuna was healthy as well. And and so it's going to be interesting to see how he reinserts his name back in there with Acuna and maybe Tatis. I know there's no concrete news about Tatis's future this season, but maybe him not coming back either. Yeah. And I mean, it opens the door, especially if you're just talking about straight MVP, it opens the door for a lot of people. I mean, a Max Muncy in LA could get there. Bryce Harper is quietly having a really good year again. Um, And I know this might be wild to say, but why not Trevor Rogers or or Brendan Rogers? Or I can't even think of his name in Miami. Yeah, Trevor, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, why not? Um, There's very big possibilities of that. And then obviously for you guys, and I was going to, I know you'll probably speak about this in some light, but I preached up to high hell that Key Brian Hayes was going to win rookie of the year this year. Obviously he's not going to because he missed a good chunk of the year but now all of a sudden Jonathan India instead of Dylan Carlson seems to be the guy that I was supposed to be worried about (laughs) I I cannot believe how much he's taken off and we're actually going to talk about that here in just a minute because it's been a phenomenal year for him I, I I frankly I've been surprised I did not expect this at all and I could not be happier but before we expound on that I wanted to let you know that we all understand Dinner time can be chaotic, but with Freshly, it's easy. Their chefs take care of your meals a few nights a week, and they take the pressure off you. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required. Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week so that you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Ordering is easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn, sausage-baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash locked on. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash locked on for $40 off your first two orders. That's mm-hmm. Freshly.com slash locked on for $40 off your first two orders. And before we get back to our Jonathan India talk, which I love so much, I also wanted to let you know that you can go to rockauto.com and get your next car part delivered right to your door rockauto.com has all of the parts that your car will ever need and they've got an easy to use interface as well whether you know exactly the brand of shock that you want for your car or you're not even sure exactly what a shock is rockauto.com can help you out they've got every single whether you're talking about a classic car if you're trying to restore like an old chevy bel air or if you're trying to fix your everyday driving honda civic they've got parts for your car check them out today and when you're in the checkout section in the how'd you hear about us area type in locked on to let them know that your pal jeff and your pal ethan sent you from the lockdown reds and pirates podcast that's rockauto.com and in the checkout section in the how'd you hear about us area type in locked on rockauto.com has all of the parts your car will ever need and they've got reliably low prices at that 
All right. Jonathan India has been a revelation and I I've talked about it ad nauseum. I feel like he should definitely be in the conversation. Trevor Rogers has had a phenomenal year and just for kicks, I was looking at war and Trevor Rogers does have a three war compared to Jonathan India's 2.1. So there is a bit of a difference there. And that's just looking at baseball. Reference. A war, huh? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, that's the beginning of understanding. I'm not going to say that. Ah, sorry. The whole bit. Um, <laughs> but there's plenty of arguments to be had because, I mean, you talk about a dude who in spring training really wasn't even considered to be a big contributor. And then all of a sudden they say, let's take this guy who's come up as a third baseman and put him in second base. And then let's take this guy who has been batting in the bottom of the lineup and killing it and gone through a five for 56 slump. Let's put him in the leadoff spot. That was a little bit risky, but he has been the best Reds leadoff hitter since Shin Su Chu, who was frankly phenomenal back in 2012. And I just, I love everything that the Reds have gotten out of Jonathan India. And I cannot believe that over the last like year and a half, two years, I've been advocating that they trade this guy for some kind of pitching help or lineup help. He's been phenomenal. Yeah, and I mean, hey, that happens here in Pittsburgh all the time, too. Josh Harrison was a lot like that, if you remember Josh Harrison. Um, He was a lot like that when he was here. He was good enough, but then people were like, well, somebody else could really use him and get us some pitching help. And I was like, no, he means too much. Then he had that crazy play against the Mets where he was in a rundown and somehow beat it off, and I think that was literally (laughs) like the craziest play I've ever seen. Um, and that was before, of course, that I saw, uh, you know, Javi Baez, the Will Craig thing, as I always have to bring that up in every crossover. Um, <laughs> I think it's becoming a joke at this point. Uh, but the thing is with the Reds, and as you said, I mean, standings-wise, seven and a half back of the Brewers. But, I mean, again, it's kind of nuts right now. The Brewers have the same record as the Dodgers and a four-game lead on the Padres. So, you yeah. guys – realistically, depending on what Tatis has to deal with, it's kind of scary. Like that would be very uh, unfortunate for, not for you, but it'd be very unfortunate for the Padres, especially getting that much talent in the off season, getting like Adam Frazier from us and the pirates just to miss the playoffs because of an unfortunate injury. Look, don't get me wrong. There is a catcher who plays uh, in St. Louis who will remain unnamed uh, that I don't like. But I would never wish any sort of injury on him. I love Fernando Tatis. There's not a chance in hell that I would wish that bad news came down on this dude. But it does mean that the Reds' door opens a little bit more wide and a chance to catch this Padres side. And especially, I mean, we've talked ad nauseum here on the podcast about the Reds' schedule and how it looks the final two months of the season. It's going to be interesting if they can get back to full health, if they can stay relatively healthy because all year long it's been, well, you know, Joey came back from injury. Now we're losing Moose. Or uh, you got a big bullpen arm that comes back from injury, but another big bullpen arm goes down. If they can stay relatively healthy and not see big contributors hit the IL like they have all year long, this could be a really interesting final two months to the year on a team that uh, coming into the season, I was very demonstrative. Eh, that's not the word. I Demonstrative sounds like I'm, I'm doing something important. Um I was shouting it out a lot. Let's put it this way, that I was like, it's playoffs or bust. If they don't make the playoffs this year is a complete failure. And now it's kind of actually 
seeming possible. I, I, I think it's interesting that the Reds are here right now. And this four-game set, which we haven't even talked about at all, but um, <laughs> starting tonight, you got Sonny Gray and you got Will Crow on the uh, mound. You got you guys won tonight. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm interested to see. Sonny has been inter- his last start. The first inning looked really rough, and then he settled down. I had that tweet. Maybe if he has a rough first inning today, and I'll tweet something bad, and then he'll settle down again. Mm-hmm. Um, but what can Reds fans expect from Will Crow? You're going to see a lot of. Um, Probably a lot of walks. Uh, Will Crow has not even started, I don't think, as many games as Sonny Gray has, and he has more walks than him. He has a very bad issue of walking batters and giving up home runs. Nothing against the guy. I mean, he has a 5-4 ERA, which on this team is actually not terrible, especially when Mitch Keller's back. So um, the thing is, though, he's done okay this year. I mean, 66 strikeouts as I am cheating, obviously, looking at everything. But, I mean, away from home, though, he actually isn't that bad. He's two and one away from home. Uh, of course, you know, realistically, there's a lot of different things that he could do better. Um, if you look at his last couple starts, I mean, he's almost went six innings in all three. He went six innings in his last start against Philly. Only gave up one hit, so maybe he builds off of that. Um, he uh, had a different. He's won three of his last four starts. That's what I'll say. But wins are always based on what the offense does. Um, I mean, but he's only given up. 11 hits in his last three or four starts. So it's it's hit or miss with Will Crow. Of course, I mean, he was picked up from the Josh Bell trade, but he's not really the prize of that trade. That's Eddie Yeen, who's way, way down there in the minors right now because he's only like 18 or 19. But that's what you can expect. You're going to expect to see probably him work around the zone or out of the zone a lot, especially against an offense that knows how to do some stuff. And, I mean, if he can build off of what he did against the Phillies, who also in their own right have a pretty decent offense, maybe they get a good start out of him. And it seems like every time we talk about this, like you say Sonny Gray might do bad, I say Will Crow might do bad. It's going to be a 0-0 game going into the seventh inning, and they're going to both be pitching a shutout. It's going to be funny to see because uh, Sonny's control issues – have been noted as of late, but I think it's just simply because as soon as he gets into a groove, he goes mm-hmm. back on the IL for something. And now, I mean, he looks completely healthy and I think maybe he can continue that groove. I, I at least I'm, I'm hoping so. I did have a question though. So, so based on what you're saying though, uh, that people around Pittsburgh probably aren't saying pitch like a crow. No. Okay. No. Now like fight like a crow, you know, fight milk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's fun to joke about it. Like I'll post like a crow gif whenever he does something good, but I mean, there's so many other guys right now, like with the injuries that we have, like Steven Brault came back for the first time yesterday after a solid 2020 and I don't count 2020 stats, but he still was fine. Um, Miguel Yahure, who had a good start to the year, but he's been injured. Hopefully we'll be coming back soon. So ideally I want to see something like Brubaker, uh, Bryce Wilson, who we acquired from the Richard Rodriguez trade, Max Kranick. Um, uh, I mean, at that point, after that, Miguel Yahoo and Steven Brault, I'll be fine with it. Uh, you also get to see Mitch Keller this weekend, so have fun with that. Um, I, did see, I did see he's due on Saturday. So I know that you've been bullish about JT Brubaker. Is that the game that you're kind of pegging like, okay, this is the game where the Pirates might make some noise? 
Um, that and Bryce Wilson. Bryce Wilson improved or impressed me a ton in his Pirates debut. He's slated to go Sunday. Um, a lot of people in Atlanta really liked him, and he comes in and he doesn't give up an earned run, or he gave up one earned run, I believe, in his first start against the Brewers. And I mean, he just played phenomenal. I mean, he wasn't striking guys out, but that's just not who he is. He's not a strikeout pitcher. He's a very much contact, like pitch to contact kind of guy. But if you're pitching to contact and not giving up hits and giving up low exit velocity rates and stuff like that, do as you please, man, honestly. And Bryce Wilson is 23. The kid's young. Getting him for Richard Rodriguez was a win. Because what's the point of having a closer on a team that's 27 or whatever amount of games under 500? Not a ton. So now you've added a starting pitcher, though, that could potentially be a back end of the rotation guy in a couple years like he is right now. And maybe that's good for them. But I would look closely at the Brubaker game and the Wilson game. Keller and Crow, those are the two that are kind of like, I don't really know too much about all that. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see because with the guys that the Reds got going, basically you're looking at everybody but Luis Castillo because he pitched yesterday. You got Tyler Malley on Sunday who I, I, I think – he is extreme. I, I know he's extremely talented, but I just want to see him be more pitch efficient. He's got yeah. this weird home road splits where he actually pitches worse at Great American Ballpark than he does everywhere else. So there might be an interesting matchup there with Bryce Wilson on Sunday. And then the pitching matchup, um, when you're looking at tomorrow, you got Wade Miley back on the mound and Saturday, Vlad Gutierrez, Vlad. Vlad's last start was fantastic. Exactly what you hope for out of him moving forward. If he can just eat innings because mm -hmm. he really prescribes more to the Wade Miley way of pitching than say uh, Tyler Malley or Sonny Gray, where he does not try. It, it really looks like when they get two strikes, they are trying to throw that perfect pitch and they're trying to paint the corner and get that strikeout. That's not the way Gutierrez is when Goody's on the mound. It's, I'm trying to make the hitter hit my best pitch, and most of the time he's getting a weak contact, he's getting ground balls, lazy fly balls, so he does go a little bit deeper into games than you see Mally and Gray right now. I I'd love to see more guys prescribe to that, but, I mean, that's kind of the way the game works now. You get paid for strikeouts, so if you don't strike people out, you're not getting paid. And yeah, realistically. It it's uh, it it's going to be interesting. I, I like – the Reds chances here. I honestly, I, I think, uh, well, you know what? We'll get into those expectations here in a minute because I want to shout out our sponsor BetOnline.ag. If you set up your profile today and you type in the promo code locked on, you'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit. It's a lot of money, man. You're going to like get 50 bucks. If you put in a hundred just for typing in locked on and from time to time, I like to give you a line or two, something that, I'm thinking might be interesting. And I'm looking at our game tonight. I'm looking at the Pirates and the Reds. You got Crow and Gray on the mound. The over-under is set at nine and a half. So if the game totals 10 or more, you win. And I think that's an easy bet because I think that the Reds can put some runs on the boards against Will Crow. And also, as we will detail here in a minute, I think once the Reds bullpen comes in, the Pirates are going to be able to score some runs as well. And they might get a homer or two off Sonny Gray. I think 10 runs is an easy bet in this game. So I'm taking it right now. I got my phone. I'm clicking it. I'm cl All right. All right. Well, I clicked it. Internet's just being weird. But take the over nine and a half. 
on the Reds and Pirates game today and set up your profile with the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. <sighs> Ethan, I love when technology works. Um, yeah. You know who R2D2. He loves it too. R2 gives me my betting advice over at betonline.ag. You see, he lets there me know. There you go. Have happened and we're all good. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Yeah. And then I shut them down after the fact. So, you know, there we go. I should utilize this Funko pot more like, Hey, Crosshair really sees a good bet. Crosshair is, is honing in on what you watch that you watch the bad batch. Yes. I love the Bad Batch. Trust it's me, so you have to watch a show called The Bad Batch when you cover a bad batch of players on the field. <laughs> um, That's true. Yeah. It's good. Well, uh, bad, but they're bad collectively together. They're good individually. They're just not great together. That's kind of been <laughs> the story of the Pirates season this year. But, I mean, first-round pick race is getting very interesting besides the fact that the Diamondbacks are still like eight games ahead of us right now. Don't even get me started about that. For some reason, the the Diamondbacks are forty games under five hundred, and that's to no no uh, no help of the Reds because they actually beat the Reds five out of six times. Like mm-hmm. I think Diamondbacks, I think both teams we're we're going to end this year, and the Diamondbacks, if they don't get the number one pick, they're going to look back and they're like, why did we win those five games? And the Reds are going to look back if we miss the playoffs and like, why didn't we win those five games? Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Diamondbacks. I can't. Millard's got bragging rights on me over for the next year. So, oh, yeah, so he, he has them on me right now too. Until we play again, uh, we got swept by Arizona. So, can't I? Cannot believe it. They're they're just so. It's the NL West. There's some some kind of magic out there. I don't I yep. don't get it. Um, I, I mentioned I kind of previewed this in our bet online. Kind of teased it a little bit. Uh, bullpen. And you mentioned Rich Rod being traded down to Atlanta. What does the Pirates bullpen look like right now? Like the pecking order, how's that fall into line? Shashan Shreve, Shea Spitzbarth, David Bednar, and Chris Stratton. That's pretty much what you got. Luis Oviedo is unplayable. He's a Rule 5 player, but at this point, he's unplayable. Uh, he had he faced six, bat, six batters the other day uh, when he pitched and didn't record an out. So that's kind of not great. Um, and there's some guys that I always miss. Uh, Clay Holmes has been, well, not Clay Holmes. He just got traded. Uh, Cody Ponce came in yesterday against Milwaukee and had six up, six down, three strikeouts. So you're seeing a lot of different stuff. I think you're going to see a ton of the idea that you're going to see a lot of these pitchers that they're looking at in triple a or even double a come up in September call-ups and kind of just do that. But as of right now, it's closer by committee, but it seems like, uh, Ben Charrington and Derek Shelton are leaning more towards David Bednar 
Um, but Shashan Shreve, he's the veteran of the group, so I think he'll probably get more of that nod at that point. But it's a very young bullpen. Shashan Shreve, I think, and Chris Stratton are the oldest two guys in the bullpen, and they're 30. So that can give you an idea of how young this bullpen is after the Austin Davis, Clay Holmes, and Richard Rodriguez trades. That's good to see. And uh, when it comes to the Reds, man, yesterday Michael Lorenzen got five outs to save the game and w- – I don't think any Reds fan would be stretching it to say like, we just like to see him pitch like the final three innings of every game. Now don't get me wrong. We like what we've seen out of Michael Gibbons and Luis Sessa has looked pretty decent. Although his last outing there against the twins, he, he kind of gave up a lot of hard contacts. So you, you kind of wonder what you're getting from him. Justin Wilson has been okay. Those two guys they got from the Yankees. The problem is, Whenever I looked at the three guys that the Reds got, Gibbons far and away is better than the other two. The other two the Reds got from the Yankees for a player to be named later. Like they traded one player to be named later, and they got two players whose names we know back. And I think that that just tells you all you need to know right there. Like they are better than a lot of the guys the Reds have been running out there all year, but that's also really more of a commentary on who the Reds have been running out there all year than it is to the guys that they got. I I think that it's so confusing whenever I look at the front office and the ownership's plan, and really it's not the front office, it's the ownership telling the front office you can't do anything, coming into this season when the window opened last year. They just opened the window by getting into the playoffs, so it's like, all right, let's take a step. And ownership's like, yeah, we'll take a step back with the bullpen. We're paying too much for Rice Iglesias and RG Bradley, so we'll get rid of them. And we'll still, we'll be okay. And we've seen it all year long. They are not okay. They, it's been a coin flip and uh, a great website that really gives a lot of great information about the Reds. Reds content plus has called it bullpen roulette. Like literally you bring someone in, you bring in Amir Garrett, you bring in Brad Brock, you bring in Heath Hembry and almost with each and every pitch, you spin the barrel. What comes out? Is it a strikeout? Is it a home run? Is it a ground ball? Is it a double? What? What is it? It's, you never know with those guys. And I'm afraid that Luis Sessa might actually be getting added into that bullpen uh, roulette wheel. It's, mm-hmm. it's frustrating to watch. Yeah, and I, I can imagine it is. And I mean, realistically, for the Pirates, it's kind of the same way. One day, Cody Ponce, like I said yesterday, he has um, – six up, six down. Maybe the next time he comes out, he gets 0 of 4 or something like that. It just happens all the time. And it's crazy because I remember when we talked earlier in the year before that first series, the Pirates had one of the better bullpens in all of baseball at one point uh, for a good portion of the beginning of the season. And then, of course, it took the dip that it's taken. But I think especially with ownership for your mindset, if you guys had Rossiel Iglesias and Archie Bradley still, you'd be in the Brewers' territory of pitching. Like you really would, and that's what's pushing. That's what's pushing the Brewers over everyone else right now. Is even Andrew with Williams. COVID, yeah, even with COVID striking their locker room like it did, and most of them being out in the Pirate series, none of the games in that Pirate series were particularly blowouts. Four to two, eight to five, and if I'm not, like, I have to scroll all the way down. Uh, four to two, eight to five, and six to two you had to see those guys do important things. And it was even worse because you didn't have Josh Hader. You didn't have Christian Yelich. You didn't have guys like that because of COVID. They still stepped it up because they have the depth in a bullpen that you need. And I think that's what could honestly 
maybe propel them to the World Series if they get to that point in the NLCS. I mean, what other team, if Jacob deGrom isn't healthy in New York, outside of the West, has anything to compete with the Giants, the Padres, and the Dodgers pitching-wise? Not the Brewers. Yeah, it's definitely Milwaukee, and I think that's the reason that they've they've maintained the record that they've had so well. And it's interesting. Somebody said that the last uh, 12 days, whatever the Reds do, because obviously the Reds are trying to make up this huge gap, whatever the Reds do, if they win, the Brewers win. If the Reds lose, the Brewers lose. So each and every day, there's like a little bit of remorse, like, oh my gosh, why didn't they do better earlier on in the season? Why didn't they go for it? Because the Brewers went for it and they got Willie Adamas and they got Rowdy Talese. And those guys have really paid off for them ever since coming over in the various trades that they've made. Mm-hmm. And you just had the Reds that waited until the last week of the trade deadline to go get anything and when it comes to help-wise. And I mean, here we are. The Reds are hanging on. They've got a shot, but they pretty much can't lose. And which leads me into my prediction, I think, for this four game set. I think the Reds win it, but I think it's three and one because without a doubt, there's going to be a game, whether it be Brew Baker or Bryce Wilson pitching amazingly, or it most likely is going to be the bullpen exploding. I mean, they gave up four runs to the tw- last night or last yesterday afternoon. They were winning six to one in the eighth inning. And for whatever reason, Brad Brock didn't throw a strike, walks two guys. And then you got just, I just, uh, it was bad. Yeah. They gave up four runs in the eighth inning. It was so annoying. And I thought they were going to lose. I really did. Well, and when you have a five run lead with six outs to get, it's inexcusable to have that sort of worry on your mind, but that's where we are as Reds fans. So I think that there's going to be one game for sure that the Reds bullpen just absolutely blows up and the Pirates take. I would say three or four as well for the Reds. Uh, I mean, I don't see the Pirates in particular really getting swept by anyone for the rest of the year, except maybe the Dodgers when they play in LA. Um, But, you know, the team, they're going to probably get swept by somebody again. Um, but realistically, go into every series, try to win one or two, and just leave it at that. Um, this team is allergic to sweeping someone, so I've already <laughs> like, kind of given that up. And also, random tidbit today, by the way, happy 100th anniversary to KDKA. It's one of the biggest radio stations in all of Pittsburgh, and it was actually, if anybody doesn't know, anniversary rise 100 years ago. Uh, KDKA became the first commercial radio station to broadcast an MLB game. It was a Pirates win over the Phillies in Forbes Field. So, nice. 100th, big one hundo right there for KDKA. Give you a, a big Jolly Roger with the number 100. I almost said the letter 100, the number 100. That might mean that we're getting close to the end because I'm starting yeah. to talk in like complete circles and stuff. All right, <laughs> Ethan, this has been a lot of fun previewing this series, talking about guys to look for i'm not expecting the reds to get brian reynolds out very much it's going to be interesting how well they pitch to keep brian hayes because those two guys are probably going to be the catalysts for whatever the pirates end up doing in the series definitely brian reynolds for sure and uh hopefully the reds get back healthy with castellanos moose and senzel and sims all this weekend i i am very excited to see those four guys returning yeah i mean it's a good series for them to come back so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, shout out your Twitter and everything so that everybody can follow you during the series. Uh, at MVP underscore Ethan on Twitter and at Locked on Pirates. Of course, I uh, 
will probably be making some kind of jokes. I don't know what jokes will be made, but they will be made. Follow him, and then you can also follow me as well if you're on the pirate side at Jeff Gar with three F's, and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. Ethan, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for doing this, and uh, looking forward to a great four games. Oh yeah, of course, as always. Alrighty. Well, this has been another episode of the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and Ethan. Hopefully, we have us a fun series to watch this weekend which starting on Thursday, I love weekends that start on Thursday, but we will recap game one and look forward to some other good stuff. Make sure you get your lockdown red line stuff. 513-549-0159 in for tomorrow's episode. But as for Ethan Smith, I'm Jeff Carr. I will talk to etch, 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 each. See, Ethan, it's time to go. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.